right. Welcome in everyone to another episode of Facts Not Feelings. I am super, super pumped to have Andrea Amico, who is not Andrea uh, Buccelli, the opera singer, as we found out earlier today, uh, <laughs> founder of Privacy for Cars. And for anyone that hasn't uh, followed any of the posts or anything I've been uh, posting earlier, this is a message that I am really, really excited to put out there and that is really, really needed. And so we'll, I'll do a little bit of intro, but I really want to spend the most of the time handing it over to you uh, just because this message is for some reason, I'm sure like, as we discussed earlier, just thought that everyone knew uh, exactly what your company did because I, I used to travel nonstop. And so uh, before what I, you know, having this com- my company now and being in the auto industry and I traveled all the time. So I was always in rental cars and the minute I would put my, my uh, phone into the car and you just travel, you get in there and you see, you know, 10 different names on the rental car and you're like, holy shit, why do these people not delete their data? And do they know what they're doing? And we'll get into why that's so important. And your company comes along and says, hey, everyone, do you know why this is such a big issue? And Privacy for Cars is uh, born and you've been around for a while. And what your message is and what your product is, is so is such a necessity. And I'm so excited to have you on today to spread this message of why it is so important and how the auto industry, there's so many people out there that uh, that are super, super intelligent and uh, moving the moving this industry forward and just honestly just don't know, don't, don't know the, the pitfalls of what happens when this industry, when we as consumers or OEMs or the rental car agencies or insurance agencies insert whatever else at this point, what's going on. So I'm going to hand it over to you and tell us how you got in the industry and how thankful I am for you to start this company. So take the floor. You're way too kind. This is <laughs> Thank you for, for having me here. Um, uh, we already started chatting before and we're, I, I enjoyed the pre-recording conversation. So I'm sure that this is going to be fun. So thank you for having me. Um, yeah. So Privacy for cars. Uh, we are the first company to try to create protections for privacy and security of data collected by cars. I know that's probably a new concept for people that are listening, but hey, here's the news. Uh, you probably are thinking a lot about privacy and security on your computer. You're thinking about privacy and security about your phone. Cars are no different. In fact, we call them the third screen. Cars collect a lot of personal information and that creates issues for both companies and individuals. And so we, we work every day to try to make those protections real and help both consumers and companies be more protected. Which is a really, really big thing. And I want to reiterate the fact that third screen and you and I are talking offline a little bit of you speaking and saying, I know I personally, the last time that any of us turned in our phone to, to your agreements up and we take it into someone, are we giving that phone over before we delete the data? Not a chance in hell, not a chance in hell. So I'm not taking this phone and saying, Hey, you take it, unlock it. I'm giving it to someone. No way. And that's the same thing with same thing with cars. It's, and we'll get into that a little bit, but just as we have to start thinking of this in a different way that cars hold everything, 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 everything. So how did you get into uh, developing privacy for cars? Um, when, like I said, I just figured everyone knew this, but obviously people don't. And kind of the, some of the stats behind it. Yeah. So uh, uh, I used to run, uh, one of my old businesses was a used vehicle inspection company. And we had a couple of customers were being investigated and back in the Obama administration. So it's been a while now um, under the CFPB 
for how they were treating data of customers. And so I thought, huh, I wonder what's in cars. And then, you know, I started to go through a, a, an audit of cars and I was like, oh my gosh, people leave their home address in the garage, their codes. That doesn't sound good. And then I started to reach out to, you know, industry associations and hey, this is what I found. Here are my stats. And what do you guys know about this? And nobody knew anything. As we were joking before, right? The, the, the industry is full of myths. Even people have been around for many, many years. They think they know how cars work, but that's not how car works. And, uh, and so, you know, it just became a passion of debunking all those myths and, uh, and trying to create protections. And then eventually regulation changed in California at the beginning of 2020. And people looked at us and said, oh, you have a solution to remove data from cars and create an audit trail? That sounds interesting. Um, and so that's when it stopped being just a passion project, you know, brewing in the garage into a real company. And, uh, you know, now we have almost 40 employees and uh, we do business with a lot of big names out there. And uh, really it has become it has become a real company. Yeah. And it's going back to, you know, the privacy and the, the data that's on there. So kind of speak to the minute someone plugs their phone into the car. I think that going to a couple of things here, miss. Ver, facts versus feelings, right? This whole show is about facts versus feelings. Um, you know, differentiating the two. The Apple is very, very secure. And you know, other, I have uh, a, a Galaxy, I have an Android. Uh, for anyone that's an Apple lover, I know you guys are all going to say, you suck, Brooke, why do you have an Android? Uh, because I like my Note. I like my stylus. You guys don't have a stylus. That's why. Uh, but the minute we plug anything in, there are two things that happen. One, there's, you know, Apple CarPlay, and then there's Android Auto. Oh, well, I have an Apple, so it's secure. Why don't you go ahead and debunk that one real quick? What happens? <laughs> yeah, so most people think that when you plug your phone, all the system does is that it mirrors what's on the screen of your phone into the screen of the car so you can use your apps, etc. But there's no data transferred and stored in the car. That's that's not true. That you know, people may feel that, but that's mm-hmm. not a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the fact is actually the opposite. In fact. Uh, recently, a uh, senator has introduced a U.S. senator has introduced a bill to try to give back to Americans Fourth Amendment rights for vehicles. In case um, listeners didn't know, law enforcement and um, just you know anybody, including criminals, for them is very easy to extract data from cars. And in case of law enforcement, they actually don't need a warrant to do that. So you get into an accident, they can decide to extract your text messages or whatever else, where you've been, you know, what speed you were going from systems are not regulated. And so, um, again, the, let's debunk this other myth that taking data out of cars is very hard. Uh, it really isn't. And, no, and all those and... protections you have in your phone, right? Because everybody knows, you know, my phone is encrypted and it has a password. It has a pin. Okay. So cars, are, data is not encrypted. Your only factor of authentication is the key. So think about how many people had the keys to your car in the last year. And that's the level of security that we have with cars. Mm-hmm. And so we go to taking this a step further is that I, once again, uh, I was recently in Florida and uh, we had to run a car and I consider myself a bit of a tech person, we'll say, I do pretty well with tech stuff. I get into the car, I plug my phone and I do not use Android Auto in this car. All I'm using, all I'm using is Bluetooth. I'm not gonna say the brand of car, I'm not gonna say anything that all I use is Bluetooth. And it pops up with the, you know, 
privacy notice from hell that you're trying to read through. I need a, a law degree to figure out what the hell it's saying. I can't understand it. All I know is I'm smart enough to know that whatever it's saying, it's lying to me. I first know that. And then I need to delete the data. So the time comes in to turn in the car. Now I didn't, I want to re- reiterate, I did not use Android auto. So all I'm trying to do is to, to unpair it and to delete the data from the, from the car. It took me over between five and 10 minutes to delete it. Now this is someone that does this regularly and knows what I'm doing. And it took me five to 10 minutes to do this. Now, if I had your software, it would have been a lot easier, but I just go, this is someone that knows that they need to do it, that knows what they're doing. And it took me that long to do it. And I did not have Android auto. If I would have had done that, I would have had to delete more stuff, but this is something that, and is, as you know, that those privacy notices that pop up aren't always accurate. I mean, I've had other experiences and other brands of newer cars that pop up and I don't want them to share my data. And it's like going through a time continuum trying to figure out what it's saying. Once again, you need a law degree and just saying, I don't want you to share my data. I don't want you to store my data. And then it's saying, well, if you choose this option, you're not going to be able to have all the other fun tools that come with it. I'm like, well, I'm just trying to say, stay, stay safe and have my hands free and my speech to text. You're t- telling me if I opt out of the storing of all my stuff, you're not going to let me use all the other, you know, features. Like why, why, why are you punishing me, the consumer when I paid for this vehicle? So you're, you know more about this than I do. So I guess talk on that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, Let's start with, you know, how easy or simple it is. And again, a lot of people think that they know what they're doing and many, maybe they are. I can tell you the stats are that last year when we looked at cars for sale, we literally audited hundreds of cars. So it's a very large statistical sample. Uh, We discovered last year that more than four out of five cars in the United States are resold with the data of the previous owner. We also have seen, you know, companies that claim that they are deleting the data. And so we audited their samples and typically, you know, 30 to 70% of the cars that they process have data left behind from the consumers. And so, you know, realize that it's very easy to not know what you're doing. And you, you, you come from the car world, right? So this is not any different than, you know, somebody inspects a vehicle. How often do they miss a ding or, you know, a dent, a little scratch all the time, right? But the problem is that if you have a procedure to remove data, the equivalent of missing a thing is the, the outcome is binary. You either took out the data or you didn't, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to make small mistakes that people really don't realize that they're doing. Everybody wants to do a good job. They just may not know what the exact procedure is. Um, and so data gets left behind. And then the, the other issue companies have is that one thing is to take it out, but can you prove it? Right. And so that's the other part where we try to help companies is to create compliance records so that they know what is happening, which vehicles have been processed, how have been they've been done. Um, do they have reasonable security in place or not? So so that's that's part of the issue we're we're trying to solve here, Brooke. Yeah. So I think the other we'll say feeling versus fact on I hear this so often and it's not just with cars it's just in general well you know what Brooke my life is boring if Alexa and Google and Siri if they want to listen to me that's great all they're going to hear is I'm making chicken parmesan for dinner tonight I'm, I'm going to go uh, yeah come on over we're having it we're having it come on over <laughs> with a little uh you know, wine a little uh, Tito's for dinner we're good we're good to go <laughs> well you're from Italy so we definitely have to have wine 
We'll have wine. I, I'll bring a bottle if you make it the, the chicken parm. So, you know, there done, you go. Done, done. You'll have to, I will definitely have you bring it because you're, you're definitely going to have a way better taste in wine than I'm going to. So <laughs> the problem with this is that this is yet another one of those myths and feelings of we got to debunk this. The amount of dad, once again, you plug in this into your, in, not only this information goes into your car, new cars. Now I know we, I just recently bought a, a brand new vehicle. Uh, by the way, love paying that price tag on that one. That was a lot of fun. That's another story for another day, but it's asking me right up front. And I'd, I'd never been asked this before because they're newer vehicles. Hey, you, uh, what's your uh, uh, emergency contact? I, I said, oh, that's a, that's actually a great question. Great question. Now my phone asks me that as well. So keep in mind, if your phone is asking what's your emergency contact, what happens when you plug that in? So what's this myth that, oh, it, you know, I'm a boring person. It's, it's okay if the, my, my contact and all my information is taken. It's not a big deal. I, I, I don't know. I think if people say that, but they, um, I don't think they really mean it, right? I was telling you before, when I speak at conferences, very often what I do is just say, hey, please take out your phone, unlock it, now give it to somebody you don't know. And nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to do that, right? I mean, unless you're prepared to literally hand your phone to a complete stranger, you are not prepared to sell your car without the data being removed because it's going to end up in the hands of a stranger. And many strangers are very nice people, okay? Occasionally, they are not. And and that's the same reason why, you know, know, can I give my phone to a stranger? Why, Why we don't want to do it? Do we expect that everybody out there is a criminal? No. But there's enough not nice people that you don't want to take the risk, and you really shouldn't. Uh, so cars, again, are, are no different than, than your phone. Um, and uh, there's data comes from two sources, right? One are the sensors in the car itself. Um, and so cars will know how much you weight, for instance. I don't know if you know, realize this, but you know every time you sit in a car, you're jumping on a scale. Um, uh, they will know what are your driving habits. They actually build the detailed profiles. They, they literally profile you and fingerprint you based on how you drive, what music you listen to, how you interact with the vehicle. Um, and that profile is used for a number of purposes, including selling you stuff uh, and selling your data to other companies. Um, uh, they have health information. Today, they have biometrics. In fact, you know, I think you and I were talking about the fact that Tesla has been sued just this week, this past week in Illinois for collection of biometrics data through their driver monitoring system. Um, they have today their credit card information. You can buy stuff on cars, right? And so mm-hmm. that means your payment information is attached to the car. You sell the car, the payment information is still attached. Um, and so that's what's captured by the car itself. And then as you were saying, right, that's how we started the conversation. You plug your phone and a lot of data migrates from your phone into the system. In fact, you know, you end up with a mini clone of your phone inside the electronic guts of the car, which is yet another thing that people shouldn't want to leave behind, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I was watching a video on your website and I think it's your daughter that gets in <laughs> and is just like, hey, let's see what my dad texts. My, my mom and dad are texting. And your, your child, your, I think it was your eight-year-old daughter. I don't know when the video yeah. was taken, but your daughter literally goes in and was like, Oh, great. Boom, boom. And your daughter is able to pull up all the, the text messages between you, you and your, your wife. Now, now that is a child that is able to do this. So once again, now, if we take that and move that over to a complete stranger, that's not just text messages. 
keep in mind that if I put my garage code into there, someone now has that. They have all my GPS uh, history on that. They have my home address in that. If we're using, once again, I live in Chicago, so I love heating my, my car or keeping the you know seats in the dead of winter when it's negative 20 outside, that's fantastic. If I don't delete any of that data, now someone else, I sell that car. I know whoever has that car now, I can start that car if it's in Arizona. I have all that information. I, they, they, well, actually they have my information, but you know, you're able to have all that information now. Forget the fact of, no, don't forget it, but they have all of my phone's information and all the pertinent personal information about it, all my profile information. When I get in the car, it says, all right, is Brooke getting in or is Chris getting in? So it's got both my, my information and then well, whatever other profiles in there. Plus I can start the car from ever. I know exactly where the car is if I want to do whatever. So you can, not that you're going to be malicious, but no, I guess I could be malicious, but once again, you don't know what the tr- stranger is going to be like. So when it comes down to, I guess, where, where is the responsibility of it? Is it the consumer? Is it the rental car? Is it the insurance agent? Is it the OEM? Who, who's, whose responsibility is this? Yeah. So uh, as you can imagine, the, the first, um, the intent of the industry was to say, well, consumers are responsible for it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually the way it's written in the privacy policy says that the owner is responsible for it, which is interesting because very often the owner is not a consumer. Right? Yeah, no. If I trade in my car, the owner is a dealership. If I return yeah. a lease, the owner, owner is the auto finance company. If uh, uh, if I get uh, in a total loss accident and I get a claim paid, the owner is the insurance company. So the way I read it is that OEMs are putting their privacy policy that all those companies are actually responsible for removing the data. Um, and that any ill that comes from it they're making the party responsible, which is kind of, you know, interesting. Now, hmm. That's, of course, what they wrote in the privacy policy. We need to see what would happen in a court of law, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the responsibility has been put on the owner. Reality is that, again, based on the stats that I was mentioning before, it's pretty obvious that most people don't know that they're supposed to remove the data. If they do, they typically don't know how to do it. Or they may rely on the dealership to do it, but the dealership sometimes doesn't know how to do it either, right? So um, reality is that I think it's a fair thing to say that probably there should be some safety nets in the system Um, and just leaving it to consumers and have the expectation that they would read the privacy policies in terms of services. By the way, did you know for cars, you need to read the typically six documents. That's that's different than most products. Yeah, because... Typically, you have Six? yeah, you have the privacy policy in terms of service, so that's two documents for the the company for the OEM. Then there's a separate privacy policy in terms of services if you are an owner of the vehicle. It's a whole new series of legal terms. So the moment in which you buy the the car, there's two extra documents you need to read. Now, if you activate the telematic services, each of them comes with their own privacy policies in terms of services. So. You know, most cars, you need to read six legal documents. Um, we uh, we analyzed, you know, a number of these documents. And, you know, in average, it takes a college degree to be able to understand what they're saying, uh, which is not, you know, the average level of education in the United States. Um, and they're very long. They're longer, you know, in average, they're longer in the privacy policies of Facebook or Google. Right? People complaining about Facebook and Google. Read the privacy policy of your car. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have a ball. And by the way, I think that people should be reading the privacy policy of their car because they will discover things that probably they've never thought about. Well, then that brings us to, and we were talking about this a little earlier, that if something is free, you, you just, if you don't know, you're the product. I mean, plain and simple, Facebook's free, Google, there's certain things in Google, if you're not paying for it, you are the product. I mean, that's just kind of a well-known fact that you're the product. The difference is your car isn't free. You paid a ton of money for that car. It's the second biggest purchase you're ever going to make. The problem with that now is you're still the product. So we've got a problem here. Um, Yes, we, we do have an issue. And I think that, you know, recent legislative changes are indicating that uh, regulators are taking an eye to this specific issue of vehicle data and in general, you know, about privacy and security of data. And they're starting to push back on companies and say, you need to put safeguards in place. Um, uh, for vehicles specifically, you know, the, the, at the end of last year, the Federal Trade Commission passed uh, an extension to their safeguard rule that is a part of Gramlish Party. So every dealership is subject to it. Every auto finance company is subject to it. And they're spelling out 15 steps that all these companies, all, all these regulated entities need to take, including they need to be able to safeguard the, the personal information of consumers when it's in their hands. This includes the data stored in cars. And they have an obligation to dispose of any data that they do not have a reasonable business reason to retain. And you know, I often ask leadership, what are you going, how are you going to explain they're leaving the home address and the garage door codes was reasonable when you sold the car. And reality, you, you just can't, right? Mm-mm. No, there's there's absolutely no reason. I mean, really, any of the information. How are you leaving? I mean, when I get into a, a rental car and I can see that there's you know 10 different people's you know in, information in there, how how is any of that reasonable? There should actually be no reason why I should be able to pull up anybody's information in there. There's, there's no reason for that. And I know, you know, whether you, whether you work at a dealership and you, uh, you're, you have demos and you're then, you know, cycling out of those vehicles, then passing them on to the consumer, they should never have the manager's information. Cause I know as as a manager, I wouldn't want the consumer having my home address. Heaven forbid that deal went South. And now you've got a a very angry consumer was like, Oh, so now I have the managers, all of this manager's information. Oh, that's great. I mean, you, you just don't want any of that, that information changing hands. It's just, it's a very, just not a good situation at the end of the day. <laughs> I know that we, we all want to, as a, you know, the bigger, Hey, whatever information we have, we're going to be able to, you know, market it and whatever, and make a quick book off of someone. The, the problem is they're making a quick book off of us. And we need to open our eyes a little bit to, this is the information that's out there. And it's not, Oh, they're just seeing the last person I called. No, that this is very, very personal information. I mean, down to, like I said, Tesla just got sued over biometrics. I mean, this is very, very in-depth, not what song you listen to, not, oh, she listens to ESPN in the morning. This is very, very in-depth personal information that, that they're taking advantage of because we're just not, we're closing our eyes to it or we just, we're ignorant to it. So I'm really hoping this message gets out and people can, just delete your information, please delete your information. And just don't think because, oh, my thing's secure. Pardon? Yeah, no, please do. I mean, this is just, you know, this is good hygiene. This is yeah. uh, like 
washing your hands, right? It's uh, yes. you, you should do that. Yes. Um, so with with privacy for cars, what all does it? Uh, what does your tool do uh, to seem, uh, streamline this process for the consumer? Yeah, we make it real simple for people to delete data. Um, by the way, consumers they have access to a free app. It's a free download on uh, both the App Store and uh, and Google Play. So next time you rent a car, you're ready to sell your car. Uh, do yourself a favor, download the application. Um, you enter what vehicle you're you're driving, either the specific VIN, the vehicle identification number, or just you know select what uh, what car you're driving. And we're gonna walk you through what systems collect data and the correct procedure to remove this data um, that is uh, agreed upon by the manufacturer and is in our determination the fastest and most best way to remove the data. Um, if you know what you're doing, it takes about a minute a car. So it really doesn't, you know, it doesn't take much time. Uh, uh, and the difference between, you know, that's a minute that may make the difference between leaving your data behind or not. So hopefully people will want to do that and safeguard themselves. That's fantastic. And uh, as, always, as always, I will make sure to have the link to not only your site, but to the, uh, on your site, it actually has like the Google Play and the Apple Place, yeah, Google Play and Apple Place, Apple Store. But people can just search privacy for cars. There's not nothing else that starts with okay. privacy number four. So once you hit privacy number four, it autofills and that's us. So that's, that's what we do. Yeah. Okay. And then if people want to follow you, where, where can they follow you? Uh, so we are uh, very active on LinkedIn just because, you know, we're talking to dealerships and other auto businesses. So we're very active there. Um, we, uh, we also are on Twitter uh, at Privacy for Cars. Um, that communication is more targeted to uh, hackers and uh, that kind of community, which I, you know, I, I have a lot of contacts with. And I enjoy very much interacting. Twitter apparently is a is a big thing in the hacker community, so I enjoy doing that. And then uh, um, we are recently on Instagram, um, and I think we're in the process of setting up. A, my heart is crying, but I think we're in the process of setting up a page on Facebook. So, okay. uh, you know, eventually we'll be there too, but. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Getting, getting it rolling, getting it rolling. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. And I am um, also, I noticed on, I just want to, when you're on the site, I mean, there's frequently asked questions, there's videos, you know, what happens exactly when I plug into the, into the, my phone in the car, I mean, there's all these helpful videos on, on the website. So just privacy, the number four, cars.com. And as always, like I said, I'll always drop it in the link. So whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're, uh, you know, listening to it on in podcast land, whether you're wherever you get the podcast, I will have all these links for everyone to view. Just educate yourself at the end of the day. That's what this whole thing is about is educating uh, industry and education, educating each other. So, yeah. I all mean, right. The website is literally an educational tool, as you've seen, right? We're just trying to yes. explain basic facts. What data is in cars? How does it work? What happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? So, we're trying to literally uh, get rid of the feelings and get more facts. Um, concept. And, and one thing that we are recently launched is this cool service that we're piloting right now. It's called Assert Your Rights. And reality is that people have a lot of data rights. They can do a lot of things, but they just don't know about it. It's really hard to navigate to know which laws apply, how do you file certain requests, et cetera. So we'll help you for free. Um, so if you're selling your car and uh, you don't know you know, how to disconnect your vehicle and uh, what data my manufacturer may have collected and has it gone to my insurance company or whoever else, 
Um, just click in there, fill the form. We'll do the work for you. We'll do it for free because it's uh, it's fun to do it. And I think that's a big one. I mean, I remember back when I was I was with State Farm at the time, uh, and State Farm. I think what they may have been the first one. This is probably I don't know nine years ago, probably, and they were starting to do the you know uh, track your how you're driving yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And and <clears throat> I had a friend in the in the industry, and he just said, "Don't do it." Don't do it. He goes, it, it tracks everything you're doing. Now, this is a long time ago. Now, every single company seems to, every single company, insurance company now tracks everything. So I'm in, I'm in my new car and vehicle, and it it now tracks how fast you're driving, how's your, I'm like, holy shit, like this thing literally tracks everything. And you're, once again, you're getting it on the app. And it comes through and it's like, okay, so when Brooke's in the car, she's driving like this. When Kristen is in the truck, I'm like, so going back to insurance companies, I'm like, is this being sent? Like, you don't have my insurance information, but is this being sent to the insurance company? Is this going to raise our rates? Is this going to lower our rates? Like the fact that you're tracking how smoothly we're driving is that's kind of creepy. So yeah, just another, another thing to think about of how you're driving. And, and just so you know, your privacy policy says they have the right to share it with, uh, with third parties, including insurance companies. So there you go. That's your answer. Yeah. And, and if you have your, and taking that one step further is if, most people have their insurance app on their phone. So if that's plugged in, I don't know if that's, I'm not sure if that's synced up there, but you may not put your insurance company in there, but it, yeah, it's, everything shares everything. And so it's just, you got to understand the minute that phone gets plugged in, you are, you're giving up everything. And so don't, don't think because all oh, my phone is encrypted or my phone is it's safe. It's, it's the same thing with text messages. I mean, the minute you, you think they're encrypted, well, as soon as you add some emoticon or some making yourself into a, a a cat and making your face look funny, you've lost that privacy. It's the same. It's the same concept. Um, so, it's just education, my friend. Education. <laughs> well, Brooke, thank you for spreading the good word. I I, I surely appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right. So. Anyone that comes on the show, we got a, we got a few questions for you. Just a few, Please. a few lightning questions. So, uh, first and foremost, what are some of your what are your some favorite some of your favorite hobbies? What do you do to unwind? I like to spend time with my kids, uh, and not only hacking cars. I promise, <laughs> uh, but you know. <laughs> so nice. actually, I did that because uh, a lot of people were saying, "Well, it's really hard to take data out of cars." I'm like, "Okay, I'll teach my eight-year-old. Yeah. Let's see how it goes." Right? So you know, it's. Uh, uh, but yeah, I love to spend time with my kids. Awesome. I, I like, I love that answer, by the way. Um, all right. So favorite vacation spot. You've got either a, you can have a one-way ticket. You're not coming back or you got a round trip ticket. Where are you, where are you going? Uh, so I, uh, I'm originally from Italy. I like taking my kids back to Italy. Um, I actually been invited to go to a conference in Venice, uh, next month. And my wife told me in a nanosecond, that she thinks she needs to supervise me. So she's coming with me. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> so like the next idea. vacation is, uh, is Venice. <laughs> Love it. Uh, that is on uh, my like top, I don't know, top two places. I've yet to get to Italy and I need to get over there. So uh, yes, I will be calling you for where to go, what to, what wine to be drinking, Please what do. places to go. So hundred <laughs> percent. All right. So we've kind of answered this a little bit, but what is, what is the biggest, uh, you know, thing that you're differentiating facts from feeling and what you do, because I know there's so many out there. What is the biggest one? Uh, I, I'm trying to take out the disinformation there is about vehicles. That's, you know, that's my niche. And 
look, I started the company with the idea that by the time my daughter, who's now is 10, uh, drives, privacy wouldn't be an issue. I think I'm going to be failing, but hopefully I'm going to make it a lot better than it was, you know, when I set that mission seven years ago. Awesome. I love it. All right. So being a disruptor in the industry, what is what is the hardest or like the best lesson you've learned doing what you do? I mean, life is a tough teacher because first you get the test and then you learn the lesson, right? So um, I, everything I learned is uh, through mistakes and uh, um, and that's okay, right? There's a lot of things I tried to do in the past that I failed at and that's how I try to make it better in the future. So I, I think that's my answer right there, right? No, that's so I do good. not make yeah. the same mistake twice and keep making mistakes. That's okay, you know. Yep, that's a you, yep. I agree one hundred percent with that one. Uh, last one is: uh, what advice would you give your, your younger self? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, you know, the the hindsight twenty twenty. I, 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 I think it's very easy to say. You know, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. I, I, I actively try to not think about decisions I've made even, you know, yesterday or, or 20 years ago. I always try to figure out how do I make the next decision better. Um, but probably I would have left McKinsey earlier. I would have started a path of entrepreneurship a little bit earlier in my life. Nice. All right. Well, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, one, thank you for making this product because this is an incredible product and it needs to, the message needs to get out there. But also just thank you for being on this the show and spreading the world word. It's been just a pleasure speaking with you and getting to know you a little bit better. I really appreciate it. Same here. And so am I coming for dinner tonight with the chicken parm? Y- yes, 100%. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Come on over. Thank you, we'll set the plane you. the plane that is invisible you won't know it's there you just kind of have to listen for it and maybe it shows up maybe it doesn't i don't know we'll see <laughs> thank you so awesome. much I really appreciate thank you it. so much thank you so much everyone have a wonderful rest of your day your weekend as always be kind to people you never know like as i, I say all the time you never know when someone needs a, a, a hand a helping hand or just a kind smile so just be kind to someone help someone in need and if you're liking the content share like comment let me know what else you want to hear if there's someone else you want to hear or have on the show let us know and have a wonderful rest of your week thank you